Yo, today's QOD is just wait till it dry. It'll all fall off. Here we go. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We got Steve Harvey back on the show. You know what? I've got to give you a trigger warning because if you find that you just totally crumble to pieces when you hear the name of the former president, you're probably going to want to skip this one and tomorrow we'll do Zig Ziglar. But this story that Steve is about to share is pivotal. It's so important. You know, I read his book, Jump, which was a fantastic book. And, you know, I think sometimes we forget what Steve Harvey has been through. You know, he, he was the host of the Miss Universe contest and announced the wrong winner and had to correct himself on stage. Now, it wasn't his fault. But as you know, because I'm sure you saw it for about two, three weeks, Steve Harvey was on the receiving end of so much vitriol like so much internet hate. But here's the thing. He got through it. He was still showing up to work, still doing the show, still making his money. And what he's going to talk about today is another time in his life, not that long ago when he went through a lot by his own people. And he's going to talk about how he dealt with that and what he did and what he didn't do. And it just goes to show like when you and I are going through things when we're going through criticism and adversity and we think we're not going to be able to get to the other side, we should all think about Steve Harvey because this man has been through adversity and criticism that some of us may never deal with in our lives. And if Steve can get through that, then we can get through it as well. Steve Harvey, he's coming up. See, Brother Blue and I, Brother Blue has went with me, has traveled with me up to Washington, D.C. to Dr. Ben Carson at Hood. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Jesus. I'd have had some things happen to me, man. President Obama's transition team, I was getting off a plane one day. Assistant called and said, Steve, is President Obama's transition team. President Obama and I were friends. I've interviewed him. He's been on my talk show. I've been to the White House and interviewed him. He's been on my radio show more than anybody's show. I go to their parties. We friends. So his transition team called me uh, around the 9th of January and said, Steve, the president feels like it's important that we sit down and have a conversation with this new administration to see if that's something we could work out. Not President Obama, just his transition team from White House. I said, okay, cool. Next thing I know, the Trump administration transition team gets in touch with the Obama transition team. My name come up. So on January 13th, they asked me to come to Trump Towers to meet with Donald Trump. Now, The hell I caught. (laughs) 
the sheer misery for making that decision. I've been so many coons, Uncle Tom, sellouts. I, I was stunned. I mean, the brutality of what happened to me on social media behind visiting that man in Trump Towers, it was alarming. But I'm sitting up in here and I'm trying to figure out, because you don't know, so since you don't know, here come the hate. Uncle Tom, sellout, Coon, Steve Harvey, shoeshine, celebrity friends I thought I was really cool with coming out, talking about he ought to know better. Who, what's the hell wrong with him? Whoa, 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 whoa. If President Obama, the current president, and the incoming president say they want to talk to you, which one of you ain't going up there? Just raise your hand if you wouldn't go so I can see how stupid you are. <laughs> But just go ahead. I just want this one. See, this is what I be really wanting to say. See, I can't say none of this in front of another group. But since it's us in here, <laughs> oh, I've been wanting to say this since January 13th. You better believe this right here. I've been waiting on the right crowd. Well, I'm in front of a bunch of friends right now. So see, I can say this because I'm around a bunch of friends. You understand? Friendship is essential to the soul. You can live without your father. You can live without a relative. You can make it without your mama. You can't live in this world without a friend. Friendship is essential to the soul. Ophiliophiliasuchus. That friendship is essential to the soul. Yeah, I've been waiting on this. I'm glad Ricky Lewis asked me to come. So I go up there. President Trump did not know why I was there, but he was accommodating. I'm going to give the man this. The man was very congenial. As we said that, we talked about golf. I play golf at his golf courses a lot. I don't play well, but I play. We talked about that. He's really congenial. And we're sitting there. He thought that since we shared a common friend, Mark Burnett, Mark Burnett produced Apprentice, and Mark Burnett produces my new show, Steve Harvey's Thunderdome, that I was there to talk about possibly doing some type of program. I said, no, sir, I'm not. So it got around to it. After 25 minutes of talking, he said, so, Steve, what can I do for you? Now, I had thought of what I would say when I got up there. So I said, well, there's really nothing I want you to do for me. I said, I want to do something for you. And he said, President Trump said, you want to help me? I said, yeah. I said, if you've appointed Dr. Ben Carson, the head of HUD, and I would like to help him because I don't think he has the um, celebrity or the name notoriety to get to these inner cities. I've been in inner cities my whole life. I got the key to 32 cities. I've been in stand-up a long time. I said, I can help him with some of these urban situations because I'm from there, and I want to do something to help him. He said, so what do you want to do? 
I said, well, I have a mentoring program, but my mentoring program is restrictive because I can only do about 1,000 boys, and I can do them only one time a year in each city. I want to create vision centers around the country where I can take these schools that you're closing in the inner cities, take HUD funds, put it with them, and then go in and refurbish these schools and buildings and turn them into a place where boys and girls can come and learn life skills and parents can come and learn financial skills, literacy skills to make it. And then eventually, I would like to build vision homes around it to help support these communities so we have wonderful communities. I want people who are less fortunate to have a better way of life. He said, I like that. Yes, Let me get Ben Carson on the phone right now. I kid you not, in two minutes, he had Ben Carson on the phone. He put Ben Carson on the phone, and he and I started talking, and I introduced the concept to him of Vision Homes right there in the office. He said it's a done deal. I've Since then, that, that, well, the problem I had was, after the meeting was over, I was supposed to go downstairs by myself and go on over to the rope and address the media. President Trump said, Steve, I'm going to go down with you. All right. <laughs> we get off the elevator. We walk up to the rope. All the cameras are on. And first thing he said, what we're going to do first thing in this office is replace and repeal Obamacare. I'm standing there. I went, <laughs> look at the tape. Go back and look at the tape and look at Steve's face. Because I'm going, there ain't shit we said upstairs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, that's not what we said upstairs. But I was stunned, and I'm sitting here going like I'm supporting this here. I ain't said nothing like that. So then when he walked off, I was standing there with Greg Calhoun, another frat brother, and Gerald Washington, a new, oh, Crump, what's up, man? That's my man right there. You a bad boy. Man, that's my man right there. I'm sorry, I'm a fan of his. <laughs> Benjamin Crump, attorney. So I'm sitting here, and I walk up to the media, and I go, I'm just messed up because, man, it just looked like... And then next thing you know, all over social media, Steve supports Trump, repeal and replace Obamacare. I ain't know, we ain't never even talked about Obamacare, but that's what God said. And then after that, oh, y'all, oh, 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 y'all did your boy. Oh, oh, it wasn't white folk, it was y'all. Yeah, uh, this is you. Uh, this wasn't a black. This was this was an internal. White folk don't even know what Uncle Tom Coon is. Y'all was doing this here. Oh, you was doing your boy. To hell with my track record. Damn what I done done in the past. You ain't sugar honey iced tea right now. I cleaned that up. See how I did that. I didn't want to though. I wanted to go ahead and fire another one off, but I figured I had got too many in. You ain't sugar, honey, iced tea no more. Ooh, I don't like saying that. <laughs> Black people took to social media, and boy, 
All my family had to close their accounts down because y'all was just lacy. Not y'all per se. Most of y'all don't even, none of, hardly any of you blog, but I'm just talking about us. And this went because I don't know why we love destroying each other. I don't know why we take such pleasure in when he, he gone. You know, I was talking to Kevin Hart the other day when he went through that whole thing about the girl. Kevin Hart said, man, it's amazing how they cheer for you on the way up because they love a success story. But then once you get there, their whole mission is to bring you down. And they was just on that social media just lacing me, man. Like, I don't do nothing for black folk. Like, I just ain't been black this whole time. What the hell you gonna call me a Uncle Tom, a coon, and a sellout? I'm 60 years old. You know what I done seen? I seen what everybody in this room that's 60 done seen. I done felt what everybody in this room done felt. How they gonna call you Uncle Tom and a coon? Cause you're at the top of the corporate ladder. Now some black person ain't got nothing wanna sit up and call you a Uncle Tom and a coon cause you done bet it yourself. Ain't that about lottie da? You be wanting to go, man, I wish, you know, man, you be wanting to say something. But you know what though? You can't say nothing. Cause my grandmama taught me something long time ago. If you hang a sheet out on the line and you get some doo-doo on it, don't wipe it cause you ain't gonna do nothing but smear it. <laughs> she say, just wait till it dry. It'll fall right off. <laughs> so when they kept on trying to, I just shut my mouth. I stayed quiet because I knew I had a purpose. Now, Brother Blue went with me to the first meeting with uh, Dr. Benjamin, I mean, Dr. Uh, ben Carson at HUD. We have started an initiative. The first one will open in Detroit because that's where Dr. Ben Carson is from. <laughs> Division centers have been okayed by the White House all because I took a step and went up there and said it. I didn't even come up with the Vision Center concept to the night before. To the night before. I just told God, I asked God, man, just tell me what to say when I get up there. Because what am I supposed to say? I don't even know what to say. What do I say to Donald Trump? I told him when we were sitting there. I said, look, man, I ain't vote for you. <laughs> and I say, I put my whole radio show behind trying not to get you elected. I said, but there was a mistake got made. I said, we was playing checkers and y'all was playing chess. So congratulations on your win. Oh, uh, and then I, all this, then I, he, he ain't my president. Well, he the president of the United States. Well, he's not my president. He's the president of the United States. He's not my president. When you get through saying that, he the president. <laughs> and if you don't sit at the table and talk, you have no say-so on what they serve on the menu. So if you don't like what you're eating, it's because you ain't at the table picking and choosing. We as black people got to get at the table. This ain't the white man's game. This is the game. Money is not white man's money. It's money. You get around real rich people. They don't care what color you are. As long as you got enough to be there, trust me, you know how this works. That's racism on every level. But we black, man, we can rise above this. So when they got through eating me up, me and Blue went up there. The first one they gonna open is a vision center in Detroit. It's going to take a school that was closed, reopen it with HUD funding, gonna support it with the right type of counselors and stuff, and create a place for young boys and girls to come 
and to learn life skills. See, what our kids don't know how to do is dream. If you destroy the dream, the Bible says a man without a dream or vision shall perish. It never mentions if you don't have an education. I mean, congratulations if you got one. It's so helpful in a lot of things, but we got to get our kids to dream it. Then we got to educate their parents on financial literacy. We got to teach them life skills. Then I met, and met with Robert Smith for eight hours at Hit Home, the third black billionaire, and he introduced a program for coding because he says in order for black people to get to the next level, we have got to learn coding. So I went to him, so he's created an entire coding program of his own money, $100 million, this man, by himself, to put coding in all the vision centers so kids can learn how to code from kindergarten in the vision centers. Do you know if you change that technical aspect of us as black people, skip buying the video game, hell, make a video game. Stop buying a ticket to fly on the plane, make a plane. We have gifted kids if we give them the opportunity. That's what the vision centers are. That was Steve Harvey. His website is steveharvey.com. You can watch today's entire talk on the YouTube. It is called Brother Steve Harvey Speaks 2017. All right, my friend, I'll see you tomorrow with Mr. Zig Ziglar, who's going to talk about the power of the words we use with others as well as ourselves. I'll see you then. I'm out. Peace. Peace.